0: Home, God's Holy Spirit. Good morning. good morning. Actually, there's some people not discouraged by the weather. That's a good thing. It's a joy to see you here today, and a joy to have this wonderful time of worship when we can come alive in, in faith. And to uh, start us off in our news and announcements period this morning, I'd like to invite Daryl to come forward. She has some special information to uh, offer us about our missions.
1: I had, the, I had the paper I was going to say.
2: There you go. Good, morning. Good morning. Good morning. I wanted to take just a few minutes to uh, inform you about the projects that we have in Nicaragua. And it's because of you. Your dedication and support and love and prayers that make these projects possible. Now, two years ago, we supported financially and with a team the building of a bridge over a very dangerous river. Now, I don't know if you can tell that that river is dangerous there, but when there is a sudden rush of water that comes down from the mountains that floods and many lives have been lost trying to cross that river, that bridge makes it possible for children from the Jerusalem landing to cross over and go to school. It also makes it possible for the farmers to take their products to market to sell and to get home safely. Uh, our team was responsible for the foundation part. We dug holes that and it was not easy and carried a lot of rocks and we slept well at night when we were finished. So there must be a song for us. We are the foundation on both ends for that bridge. And then other teams and other finances completed it. And it's my hope in August that I will go to that bridge and actually cross it and stand up. Thanks God. So this year we have two projects, and I wanted you to know where your efforts of fundraising are going. Uh, one of them is a drilling, um, a water source in um, let's see Trinity Blessing Land Bank, I have not been there. But currently, the farming families only receive water about nine months of the year. And so they have to walk maybe a mile or more just to get water for basic washing. There is a water source, and they have started to dig to get to the water, but they hit hard rock, so it needs to be drilled. So we're helping to finance that drilling, and that will probably be completed long before I get there in August because the rainy season begins in May, and they want to have it completed before then. Okay? So even though I'm not a or our team is not a part of that actual um, digging for the water. Um, We plan to visit the land bank and the families that are going to profit from this. So there's that follow-up. Then the second project, and... This is a picture of the camp in Santa Luz where we stay when we're in Montegalpa for a project. And right now, the, the roof is deteriorating, and the electricity is kind of obsolete. So they're going to be, um, or with the help of a team, uh, putting new wooden beams, new tin roofing, and electrical wiring. So I think our new theme song is going to be Up on the Roof. <laughs> but fortunately, it's only one floor. Now, this, I just brought this picture, because I don't have enough others. But this is one of the dorms. There's a nice front porch there where we would often meet, have meetings. We'd eat our meals, and it's a good thing because many times it's pouring out. So you want to have some kind of cover. But that particular dorm holds about six people. Um, To the right, there's a a cooking building where we fix our meals. Then up behind that on the right is another dorm, which houses maybe 10. And then there's two or three other buildings in the back where staff and more team members can stay. And then to the left in the back, there is uh, a couple of showers with freezing cold water, and a couple of toilets. So, you know, it's very basic. But it's beautiful at the same time. It's beautiful. I love to sit on that porch in the morning around 6 a.m. and watch the sun trying to beat through the fog. It's really quite nice. So it's God's work and love that we share with others in need. And I want to thank all of you for all you do in making it possible. Whether it's buying a pancake breakfast ticket, which Jeannie and Chris now have, which um, that's a support. If it's renting a table at the vendor fair and tag sale, or at least coming and shopping. In the future, we might have t-shirts. You know, all these things, you are making these projects possible for the people in Nicaragua. And I want to
0: thank you. Thank you very much, and thank God for all the good work that you've done and that many of our people have done in support of people in Nicaragua and this community and around the world for one family in Christ. Um, Speaking of pancake breakfast tickets, we do have them. We do. And the date is, again, May 12th. May 12th. May 12th, pancake breakfast, be there, Spread the work. And with that, let us transition into worship. Good
1: morning, everyone. Good morning. I wish it was a little warmer, but especially uh, some of us who just got back from Florida really wish it was a little warmer. Um, the uh, upcoming events are, on, um, we have our, our Methodist faith groups, on Wednesday at seven, and every Sunday at five, in the Clark Room. Right. Um, April fifteenth is a trustees meeting, and that's after fellowship. April twenty second, the twenty second, is Holy Conferencing worship with uh, church council and fellowship, uh, ten to eleven forty-five. The church council is right after church. Correct. In church. Oh, it's gonna be in church. Okay. Uh, May 12th, as Jeannie said, is the pancake breakfast, and um, is that being held, Jeannie, up okay. well, here, where are... so it's here, okay, um, and you can see Chris, Yep. also, and Daryl, just so, on the 19th of May, they're having their craft and vendor fair, so if anybody would like to be, Set up a table. Check with Daryl, and she can give you the specifics. It is on the flyer that's inside here. Um, Okay, and uh, we'll start now Um, with hymn number
3: one seventy-seven.
0: Ready for the sermon, Jess? Yes. Would you pray with me, please? Gracious, loving God, we thank you for your living word that reminds us that we really are related to you. We know this because you speak to us in our hearts, and we feel your presence in our hearts the way that. We feel the presence of our loved ones, so we know that you are there and that you love us. And so may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, either through us or in spite of us. Speak to us, thy people, we pray. Amen. He is risen.
3: He is risen indeed.
0: Oh, I got you (laughs) trained. Well, you know, with the slow spring here, And uh, we've got tulips and daffodils finally blooming this week, but I think we can, maybe because of that lead, he has risen a little bit more easily, right? But, you know, maybe the the slow spring is actually a good thing for our faith. Because when the weather is warm like it was yesterday, it's easy for Easter joy to come and go and fade, like the petals of a tulip on a hot day. But this year's weather, maybe it encourages us to make the transition into that warm Easter sunlight just bit by bit. There's no reason to let go of Easter quickly. It took many years for the first Christians to make sense of it, and there's no reason that we shouldn't take our time making sense of it either. This week, we heard Luke's story of the resurrection of Jesus. It fits with the other gospel stories of Jesus rising from the dead. But Luke's version focuses on the very personal nature of Jesus meeting his disciples after the resurrection. Jesus has conversations with them on the road to Emmaus. Jesus sits down with them and eats bread and fish with them. And most of all, Luke refers to the disciples of Jesus as a group again and again, They, For Luke, the resurrection is a personal encounter with Jesus, as God made a whole community of believers experience his presence together. Often I hear people saying that faith is a personal matter. In our modern sense, this seems to mean that faith is a private and individual matter, something that we can claim as an individual belief and not be bothered with having to connect it with other people's beliefs. Perhaps we think of faith like a personal pan pizza, made up of the same ingredients of other people's pizzas that made just the way that we like it, with just enough to satisfy our own appetite. Problem is, as Christians, we seek faith in a God whose idea of personal is not at all like our modern sense of personal. The God revealed to Adam and Eve. The God revealed to Abraham. The God revealed to Moses. The God revealed to the prophets of Israel. The God revealed to the world as Jesus the Christ. The God revealed to all people for all time. The God's Holy Spirit, this God, is absolutely personal. absolutely not individual God is family father son and Holy Spirit and God calls to us in God's Holy Spirit to become members of God's family children of God words like family children father son they can be comforting and strong images for many people when they think of their relationship with God. People like that might think of the best parts of their own families, or at least the best parts of families that we wanted to have, like maybe those that we saw on television when we were growing up. But our families aren't perfect, right? Some of our families are far from perfect. Abusive parents, siblings, and relatives, family members who just don't seem to grow up. Family members absorbed in personal satisfaction. Family members trying to find an authentic identity that contrasts with their family's identity. And family members who just have a hard time coping. All of these and more. They remind us that to be called into God's family by the risen Jesus and God's Holy Spirit can be a major challenge for people. With God... It's personal, and personal relationships in a family are challenging. I wrote a, a special translation in your bulletin for our reading from the New Testament letter 1 John 3, and I did this to help us accept that the risen, re, the risen Jesus on a personal level, in ways that are maybe a little bit more in tune with our modern ears. In the original languages of the Bible, most things in the world, including things that were not alive, were either male or female. Things that didn't have gender were often groups, like children, or where groups gathered, like temples. Strictly strictly speaking, everything in their world was personal. Either something was or was for a male, a female, or everybody. So when it comes to talking about God, God had gender not necessarily because God was supposed to be a man, but because God was personal and had persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. And this reflects how households in the time of Jesus were organized, typically. Most property was owned by men, even though the women ruled the households in many ways. And in today's world, of course, many households are not organized this way. In our nation, women are as free to own property as men. And many households are organized around women, with many women responsible for their children in the absence of their fathers. Now, does this mean that the God revealed in Jesus Christ does not invite? these families into the kingdom of heaven? Of course not. But it does mean that we need to work a bit harder to understand who we are and who others are as children of God. The writer of 1 John 3 said, See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. In a world where blood relationships determined your life, in a world where a fatherless family was often a family without the means to survive, this sense of being included in God's family by the love of God was a huge, huge deal. Anyone who felt that God had shut them out because of family failures or their failures had a chance to be a member of God's family on earth. 1 John 3 reflects the personal relationships that God calls us to in Jesus and not the genders of those relationships. Our special translation shows us that being a child of God is about one important thing, God's love, amen? The special translation replaces the he's with God. And you can see how this relationship with God isn't about God as a male head of household. It's about or about the inheriting male of the household. It's all about God's personal family love given to us through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, if we have a strong sense of love from our own father, a sense of protection and provision, then this image probably reassures us. And if we didn't experience fatherly protection growing up, or even now, then this image might be harder for us to accept. Sometimes fathers struggle to show love to their families the way that God shows love. Our worldly fathers can't always be like God any more than our worldly mothers can always be like God. Our parents, they do the best they can with what they have. And as adults, we discover that although we are adults, We're still children of our parents and brothers and sisters of our siblings. Time and circumstances don't erase those sorts of relationships that we have. They are what they are. But we can become who God wants us to be as members of God's family. Now, I don't think any of our family situations, whatever they are, were unknown to Jesus If we look at the Gospels, Jesus is constantly caring for broken families, families with challenges, families with illnesses, and very often people completely forgotten by their families. And so we should take comfort that Jesus was the very first one to offer us the image of God as the best family that we could ever have. In the words of life and life of Jesus, God wanted to offer the world a new relationship with God, that would not leave anyone out of God's family. God the Son, Jesus Christ, didn't come to us in fancy clothes and jewelry, the typical signs of a son who would inherit his father's fortune. God came to us in Jesus Christ as the most humble of people, taking nothing but daily bread, giving everything that he could, including his own life, to make sure that the whole world would be inheritors of God's kingdom. Jesus revealed his full glory to us only when it was available to everybody as the risen Jesus. In the risen Jesus, God's love became personal for everybody, even us, forever. We have a God whose love we can trust absolutely and personally because God has given us everything in love. Even God's own life on a cross, absolutely and personally. And this personal love for us calls us, through the risen Christ, not into individual salvation, but into the personal salvation of God's family. A family defined by perfect love. We have a God who created everything in love. We have a God who breaks His body His bread with us in love. And we have a God who offers us our inheritance of God's love again and again in God's Holy Spirit. And it's this perfect and pure family love that we call God's righteousness. We're called by God to love the world and even ourselves as the risen Jesus has, in perfect family love, as the only true test of whether we've been right in our lives or not. When we give and receive this family love and this love alone to the whole world, undeceived by the world's temptations, we receive the riches of peace and safety and comfort that God has prepared even for us personally in Christ. You matter personally to God. You always will. Because with God, it's personal and it always will be. Your children's family, children of God's family in Christ. Accept God's family love. Offer it to your own family and to the world and on forever. Amen. Amen.
1: Our hymn of response is, precious Lord
0: and the children of God, Please to be a member of your family. <coughs> Time now for the prayers of the people where we remember Many people in God's greater family. We have a a relatively short list here, uh, and it's a joy. Um, I want to to lift up uh, the people of our mission village in Nicaragua that uh, Erin was so kind to lift up in her statement earlier this morning. I think it's important for us to remember that this phrase, children of God, sounds empty until it's real and physical and present and active in our lives and in our hearts. So, uh, I praise God for all the mission work that this church does. And um, let us pray for all those people who need it. This week, I especially pray for the young families of our community. Um, I've been involved in, in ministry with a number of young families who are struggling to make ends meet. And let's pray especially for the young adults in our community need to find God, and you need to find God's help. And we have a special joy or celebration uh, that comes to us from Angela Moore. She has been named the Washington Middle School Teacher of the Year. That's just awesome. That's just so wonderful. Praise God. My mother, I go to Washington Middle School. Yeah? Does
2: she rock? I never
0: then she rocks <laughs> that's what you're saying right? no, I actually don't really know what she does okay. i never
3: really
0: had her well I've got good news for you apparently people think that she rocks <laughs> and
3: <laughs>
0: exactly um, I would also uh, lift up this prayer from our community please pray for my son Mark As he struggles with drug addiction, he is in rehab as of now. But please pray that he gets the Lord to guide him. And that's thanks from Cindy. Would you pray with me, please? Gracious, loving God, we thank you for the joy of being a member of your family. And thank you for reminding us today that these aren't just words. These are the living facts that save us. Your love saves us. And when we accept that we are in your family, our lives change. Because we have a family that will never ever stop loving us the way that we need to be loved. We thank you for the joy of Angela being lifted up. We thank you for our our Mission Village and everybody who we serve in Mission here. And we thank you for the families who we can serve, who have less than perfect families and who struggle with many painful circumstances. And we thank you for all the people who come here week after week with their less than perfect bodies and manage through the grace of God to find the love in their hearts to share with us and others. And we thank you for our children who we can raise in Christian hope. And most of all, Lord, we thank you for your blessed love in the glory forever. Amen. Thank goodness for loving God, and thank goodness for all of you who have that love on you and your hearts. And with that love in mind, let us bring forward our tithes and offerings to the honor and glory of God's work, that everything that we're doing here may be that much more greater in the light of God's grace. try things new. Well, thank you for a beautiful worship we have a charge to keep, which will remind us how to be children of God this week. Let's say it together. God came to us personally in Jesus Christ so that we may live together in God personally as God's family in Christ. Let's start living lives that invite the God who saves us personally to live with us, beside us, together, right now. Amen. And now, may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord shine God's face upon us and be gracious, even to little us. And may the Lord lift up God's confidence upon us. And grant us peace as God's family, now and forever. And may God's family say, Amen! Amen. Amen.